Welcome back, friends. Pastor Matt Eichhorn here with you today from Eckert Baptist Church. Thanks for joining our podcast. It's entitled Building Lives. I want to begin today by sharing an illustration from one of my favorite TV shows, and that's The Andy Griffith Show. It's from Season 3. It's Episode 21. It's called Opie and the Spoiled Kid. Now, if you're familiar with the show, you know there's Sheriff Andy Taylor, and he has a son. His name is Opie, and they live with Aunt B. And Sheriff Taylor also has a deputy by the name of Barney Fife. Now, Mayberry is a small little town, and this new family has moved to Mayberry. And their son, the family's son, his name is Arnold Winkler, has just gotten a new bicycle. And Arnold and Opie have become friends. Now, Arnold has a tendency to ride his bicycle on the sidewalks, and it really is a dangerous hazard for those who are walking on the sidewalk. And, and Andy, Sheriff Taylor, and Barney have both warned him he can't be riding his bike on the sidewalk. Well, Opie thinks Arnold is the luckiest kid around. Arnold not only has a $70 bicycle, but Arnold gets a much bigger allowance than Opie, and he doesn't even have to do chores to earn that allowance. The bottom line is that Arnold is a spoiled kid. Now, Arnold mentors Opie as to how to get what he wants. He teaches him how to cry and pout until he gets what he wants. When Opie tries this on his paw, Sheriff Taylor, it doesn't go very well. And because he ignored the warnings of Sheriff Taylor and Deputy Fife about riding his bicycle on the sidewalks, Arnold ends up having his bike impounded. Now, it doesn't take long for Arnold's dad to show up in the sheriff's office protesting this decision to impound Arnold's bicycle. I mean, after all, he's a good kid. I mean, the scene is classic. Sheriff Taylor, Barney, Opie, and Arnold and his dad are all gathered in the sheriff's office. At one point in the exchange between Andy and Arnold's father, Andy states, If we don't teach children how to behave in society, what's going to happen to them when they grow up? End quote. Now, the situation escalates because Andy is not going to back down on carrying out the law. He even threatens to put Arnold's dad in jail since Arnold is too young. Well, at this point, Arnold is doing what he does best. He throws a tantrum in an effort to get his own way. He shows his true colors. Arnold's father realizes how Arnold is playing him and how he is a spoiled kid. And Arnold's dad then takes Arnold out back to resume the conversation in private in the good old-fashioned woodshed. The bottom line in that illustration, friends, is that Arnold was not taught discipline as a young boy. You know as well as I do that discipline is critical. It's critical to how we live our lives. It's critical to how society functions. A lack of discipline can lead to disastrous results. And the same is true in our personal lives, in our spiritual lives. When I become lax in my personal discipline, a couple of things happen. One of those is that I become desensitized. I become desensitized. I want to use the example of King David. David was literally at the top of his brilliant career, as high as any man in biblical history has ever gone. From his childhood, he was a passionate lover of God and possessed immense integrity. Remember when Samuel came looking for the next king and he meets with Jesse, David's father, and as he's going through his sons and realizing, okay, that's not the one, that's not the one, that's not the one, he says to Jesse in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, man looks at the outward appearance, 
but the Lord looks at the heart. From David's bravery and his willingness and his confidence in God to take on Goliath, trusting God and neglecting the size of, of the enemy, we see that in 1 Samuel chapter 17. We see this in David's life from his enthusiasm, his godly leadership, and how he handled Saul, and how that speaks volumes of his intimacy with God. David was at a brilliant point in his career, and yet he's becoming desensitized. We see that in 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 13. You know the account. It's dealing with David and Bathsheba. It says in verse 13, chapter 5, 2 Samuel, And David took more concubines and wives from Jerusalem after he had come to Hebron. Also more sons and daughters were born to David. You see, David embraced the culturally accepted norm, even though it violated God's law. I mean, it was legal and not considered adultery in the culture of that day. And embracing the norm, he was becoming desensitized to the holiness of God. David's taking of additional wives was sin. The Bible tells us that in Deuteronomy chapter 17. It's very clear that the Hebrew kings were to refrain from doing these three things, acquiring many horses, taking many wives, and accumulating much silver and gold. David, King David's, his sensual indulgence, desensitized him to God's holy call in his life, as well as to the danger and consequences of falling. The bottom line is this, David's embrace of socially permitted sensuality desensitized him to God's call and made him easy prey for the fatal sin of his life. The culturally accepted indulgences of this world will take a person down. I can think in the last 10 to 12 months of two highly respected Christian leaders who have been exposed as succumbing to the temptations of the world and have fallen. I want to challenge us today in our personal lives not to get wrapped up in a fantasy world, in a fantasy relationship. I want to caution us to be careful in not stumbling upon images and websites that please the lust of the flesh. We must guard those things that subtly work their way into our lives. These, I'll just say legal things, and I put that in quotes, those legal things that do not show themselves overnight, but they take time. It's a slow digression of holiness and purity. It's as if the temptation just kind of chips away and chips away and chips away at the purity of our hearts. You see, David became desensitized in his life. I believe that led to the second part and that is that he became vulnerable. You see, my rigors and discipline tend to take a back seat when I become desensitized. I get relaxed in my routine and in my schedule. David was at a midlife point. He's about 50 years old. His military campaigns have been so successful. It's it's as if he is just letting his guard down. In 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1, it says, It happened in the spring of the year, at the time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him, and all Israel. And they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. David rightly gave, if you will, the mopping up job to his capable general, Joab. 
David's relaxation extended to his moral life. I am confident that David did not anticipate anything unusual was going to happen on that fatal spring day. I don't think he woke up and said to himself, you know, it's a beautiful day. I think I'm going to commit adultery. He didn't do that. And we must recognize in our lives our vulnerability when things are going well. It's hard to maintain inner discipline when you're relaxing in a way that just everything just seems to be going well. David was eminently vulnerable. He was desensitized, which led to his vulnerability. And then I believe, thirdly, he became obsessed. As David is out on the rooftop for some cool air and a look at the city at dusk, he gazes upon an unusually beautiful woman who was bathing without modesty. As to how beautiful she really was, the Hebrew is very explicit. The Hebrew says, the woman was beautiful in appearance, very beautiful. In 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 2 and 3, Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman, and someone said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? David's look became a sinful stare, and then a burning, lustful, sweaty stare. In that moment, David, who had been a man after God's own heart, became a dirty, leering old man. A lustful fixation came over him that would not be denied. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he wrote these words, At this moment, God loses all reality. Satan does not fill us with hatred of God, but with forgetfulness of God. End quote. The reality of God fades in the grip of lust. The longer King David lusted, the less real God became to him. Not only was David's awareness of God diminished, but David lost awareness of who he himself was, his holy call, his frailty, and the certain consequences of sin. Let me ask you a question today, friends. Has God faded from your view? Did you once see him in bright hues, but now he's... He's just a memory that is blurred. Do you have an illicit fixation which has become all you can see now? Is the most real thing in your life your desire? If so, I caution you, you're in trouble, spiritually speaking. That's where David was. He was desensitized, he became vulnerable, and then he became obsessed. And then he becomes, fourthly and finally, He became rational. David is spiraling out of control quickly. Things are happening at a rapid pace. So fast that he is no longer thinking with godly motives or godly thoughts. There in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 3, when that servant says, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? One of his servants, one of David's servants is trying to dissuade him from doing what he is about to do. But David would not be rebuffed. There's some massive rationalization going on in David's mind. The mind controlled by lust has an infinite capacity 
for rationalization. We begin to say in our minds, when we become desensitized, we become vulnerable, we become obsessed, and now we begin to rationalize our situation. Somehow, what used to be sin is no longer sin in our minds and in our thoughts and in our lives. And we rationalize that. How could something that has brought such enjoyment be wrong? How could me counseling with this young lady who is in a bad relationship, how could that be wrong? How could God's will for me, he wants me to be happy. So why would he deny me anything which is essential to my happiness? How is it that the question here is one of love? I'm acting in love, the highest love. I think we find ourselves too many times, friends, at that place in our lives where we've let our guard down. We've become lax in our discipline. And in so doing, we have allowed the temptations and the lusts of the world to creep in, to get a foothold, and begin to just chisel away at our heart and at our conscience. I believe that's what happened with King David. If we do not practice personal discipline, then we're inviting a serious train wreck in our lives. If I do not learn personal discipline, I will become an adult version of Arnold Winkler, a person who is full of self-indulgence, full of selfishness, full of uncontrolled behavior. Arnold Winkler learned the hard way. His father took him out back to the woodshed. Friends, I'm exhorting all of us. God will do what he needs to do to get his children to walk in obedience to him. I trust, friends, that we will find ourselves in our lives just stepping back and saying, okay, I need to take a moment and do a a check of my heart. Am I practicing discipline? It takes work. It's hard. But I can assure you, friends, it is well worth it when we remain faithful to God and practice discipline. God bless you. Have a great day, friends. Look forward to sharing with you next time.